0: Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Relatable. Hope everyone is having a great week. Got a lot of good responses about Monday's episode. If you haven't listened to that, why feminism will fail you, I recommend that you do. You can listen, obviously, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, I would highly, highly appreciate that. It's just an Allie Beth Stuckey YouTube channel. So it's not relatable, though it has all the relatable episodes on there as well well as some clips and other kinds of videos. So if you just want to go to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel, I would be so grateful. Okay, today we are going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the coronavirus and everything that's going on with that and specifically the political reaction to it. And we're also going to talk about AOC's take on religious liberty. Now we might touch on a couple other things. I know you might be thinking, how could you not be covering Super Tuesday? It's Wednesday. That happened last night well that is kind of the limitation of not having a live show so there are so many wonderful things to to doing Uh, this podcast, How I Do It, but it's not a live show. And so I'm recording this before I actually know the results of Super Tuesday. So I'm not able to offer my analysis. As I said in the past, I'm not a prophetess. So I don't know what's going on. If I were to guess, though, I would say that Bernie Sanders is going to be the nominee, even though Joe Biden won pretty big in South Carolina. But anyway, we'll get to all of that hopefully on Friday. Today, I want to talk about the craziness of the coronavirus first because it's just gotten the whole message, everything surrounding it has just become chaos. But before we actually get into that, I want to tell you guys about Simply Safe. So, with home security, there are two ways that you can go about protecting your home. So, there's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's another way. And the other way is Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system, it is award winning protection. Two-time winner of CNET Editors' Choice Award. Simply Safe Blankets: Your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras, doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Uh, you barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is that you can set up the system all by yourself. It is really easy. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes, maybe an hour tops. There's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7, a lot faster than with a traditional security system. It's only fifty cents a day. No contracts. I love the fact that there are no contracts to this. Contracts are just messy and complicated. You're always afraid that you didn't read the fine print and that they snuck something in there that you didn't want to agree to. But with Simply Safe, it really is simple. It's all in the name. There are no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So go to simplysafecom Ali. Simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. Safe.com/ally. A-L-L-I-E. You will get free free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You have nothing to lose. So go now. Be sure you go to simplysafecom slash That is simplysafe.com slash So coronavirus. As I am recording this right now, at least two people, two people that I know of have died. So a 50-year-old man who has underlying health conditions and a 70-year-old man. Obviously, these are tragic cases. It's pretty sad when something like this happens. When someone dies, rather than thinking about, oh my gosh this person died like they had a whole life ahead of them or half a life or a third of a life ahead of them no matter how old they are they had some kind of life ahead of them and it feels untimely no matter when someone dies of something like this just because a pandemic is so unexpected and it feels like maybe there could have been more things that were done originally to actually inhibit its spreading, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So it's tragic, but instead of thinking about that and all of the people that are affected by it, all of their family members who are suffering from this, we think we do these calculations in our head. We're like, okay, well, so he's 50 years old. Well, I'm only 28 years old. He had underlying health conditions. I'm pretty healthy. We're like thinking about what it actually means for us. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's probably a natural survival instinct. But because of the pandemonium that's happening with this pandemic, we're constantly just thinking about how this, uh, how this factors into our survival rate or the likelihood of us contracting this disease and having to be hospitalized or or dying from it. We also don't know what the underlying health conditions are, so it's hard for people to make that calculation. People say, you know, if you're a healthy person, you're going to be fine, you're going to survive from the coronavirus. But what does healthy actually mean? So. Does it mean that you don't have cancer or does it mean that you don't have anything wrong with you? Are we talking like people with diabetes, people with thyroid issues, people with like IBS, Crohn's disease? What are you talking about underlying health condition? So when people are listening to these stories of people so tragically dying and they're making those calculations about themselves, it's hard to do when we don't know what health conditions would have an effect. Most people have some kind of underlying health condition. So how severe of an underlying health condition do you have to have in order to significantly exacerbate coronavirus to the point to where you are going to die or you are likely to die? It's really hard to know. So instead of making those calculations, which, like I said, is natural, uh, we should be praying for not only the people who have contracted the virus and not just in America, but around the world, but also the families that are affected, not just affected by fear, but affected by sadness, affected by sorrow, affected by financial situations. And Christians should really be thinking, okay, how does this affect uh, the least of these? Like, how does this affect the people in our communities who don't have access to all the resources that we do? And I've been trying to think like, what can I do to the people? Because poor communities are going to be affected by this more. They just are uh, they don't have not only the resources, but they don't have necessarily access always to the kind of care that everyone else does. Uh, now that doesn't mean they can't go to the emergency room and get care because they can, anyone can go to the emergency room and they cannot be denied treatment, but we should be thinking like, what can we do? Not, you know, what a government handout can do, but what can we do to help those around us who are particularly vulnerable to this, And of course, I would say the number one thing that we can do for everyone is to wash our hands. So I'm just going to be a mom for a second. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash them really good. The CDC actually, I think, I think it was the CDC came out with a video on Twitter that was like, "This is how you wash your hands." It's really intense. It's longer than I think most of us do. I think most of us just kind of get like a little soap and just run our hands under some cold water and call it a day. Or a lot of people don't wash their hands. I know that's really gross, but a lot of people, guys, and I'm just gonna call you out if you're like driving in your car and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's me." I'm just gonna call you out. There's some of you out there who go to the bathroom. Bathroom, even public bathrooms, which I just can't even fathom, and you don't wash your hands because you're like, you know what, I can't see germs, so they can't harm me, they can't harm anyone else for your sake and for the sake of other people. Think about the people who have compromised immune systems. Like Think about uh, the babies, the older people, the people who do have underlying serious health conditions, all of the people who might get a cold or a flu and it turns into something else and they die. So one of the biggest things that you can do to protect vulnerable communities that I can do is to wash our hands. So like 20 seconds under some warm water with some good soap, back of the hands, in between the fingers, all that good stuff. Cover your mouth. This, If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that one of my biggest peeves is when people don't cover their mouths when they cough, especially on airplanes. I mean, you're just closed in this tube where everyone's germs are circulating around please cover your mouth. You can cover it with your sweater. Like I'm doing, you can cover it with your shirt. You can cover it with your elbow, you know, like do the vampire cough, like really go into the crevice of your elbow when you are coughing or sneezing. Oh my gosh. I was walking in a hotel the other day and the lady in front of me was just, it was just like, she was enjoying coughing into the air. It was just like, no, no, even, effort into covering her mouth. She was just, it's like looking up and coughing into the air to see how far she could project her germs. People sneeze without covering their mouths. So, If we want to be compassionate to those around us, which we should all want to do, we should all be concerned with, we will wash our hands, we will cover our mouths when we cough and when we sneeze, and if you are sick, like if you've got a fever of any kind, if you've got a really bad cough and there is any way that you can avoid being in a place with a bunch of public people, with a bunch of public people. What? Uh being in public with a bunch of people, especially in a closed space, try to avoid that if you can. I know sometimes it's inevitable. Like there have been times where I've gotten on a plane and after I got on the plane, I started feeling bad and I started getting sick. Okay, well, there's nothing you can do about that. Or if you're in a place and you've got to get home, like I understand some circumstances make it necessary for you to uh to go. But if you can avoid it, sp- try to try to not be around people that you could possibly infect just do your best to be considerate of other people i've seen people out there say you know too bad. People just need to be okay with sickness. That's just the cost of going out in public. Come on, guys. Really? Is that logical? Is that kind? Is that loving? I don't think so. So let us be as considerate as we possibly can of other people by washing our hands, by covering our mouths, when we cough, when we sneeze, not going out in public if we're sick, especially where we're going to be around a a ton of people, avoiding that if at all possible. Uh, Not to get like prying too much into your personal life, but take you some echinacea and some zinc, some vitamin C and D, uh, drink your water, all that good stuff. And we can be as vigilant as as we possibly can in preventing the spread, not just of coronavirus, but of any kind of sickness, because if someone starts out with one kind of sickness, they contract coronavirus, it could end up being even worse for them. So let us just be considerate of of all of those things. I think too many of us are so um, we've got a one track mind on the things that we want to do and need to do that day that we're like, you know what? People are just going to have to be okay with me infecting them with my sickness. Let's not be like that. Let's be a little considerate, a little bit compassionate. So that's probably the best thing that we can do for those, especially those who are vulnerable, either physically, financially, or whatever. And if there's anything we else we can do for other people, like there, if there are people in your church who are sick and they need you to babysit their children, then maybe you can offer to do that. If You've got free time, bring meals and uh, different things like that, just to make sure that we are caring for one another. Because no matter what, no matter who's in power, we can't rely on the government or any kind of bureaucrat to save us from this virus or to save us from anything, to save us from any kind of catastrophe. The government, made up of fallible human beings, just doesn't have the ability to do that. Now, let's get into the political reaction to to all of this that is happening so trump did a, pe- a press conference he held a press conference i think it was last week. Yes, it was last week about the coronavirus and some of the things he said, I think were very helpful that, hey, we're doing absolutely everything that we can. We have blocked travel from places that we wanted to that we needed to block travel from, although there are still planes coming in from places that are highly infected with coronavirus. And so I would really like to see that change. But um, he was very sure, very confident. But there were some other things uh, that he said that kind of seemed to undermine the CDC that kind of seemed to seem to undermine the experts and he does seem to be or he did at least last week downplaying the the pandemic a little bit too much to the point to where his political enemies are saying that he doesn't really care about it that he's not really uh, serious about it and he but I don't think that's true at all I don't think that's true at all I think that the point that he is trying to make is that the liberal media and some people on the left and some democratic politicians are blowing it, it not blowing this out of proportion because I do think it's a big deal at this point but uh, blowing certain things out of proportion to make President Trump look bad so to make it seem like he is uh, some circus clown that's just running around and you know juggling on his unicycle and not really paying attention to the things that are happening. Um, and that's just not an accurate depiction of how this administration has handled this virus, at least not so far. The headlines that you are going to see is that President Trump proposed cuts at one point to the CDC. That, is, But they didn't actually cut they didn't actually cut funds to the cdc actually funds to the cdc public funds to the cdc taxpayer dollars have increased while president trump has been in office and yet the headlines are he proposed budget cuts and that's what's making this worse well that doesn't make any sense the cuts didn't actually go through and even if they had gone through contrary to popular liberal belief Decreasing the budget for something doesn't necessarily decrease its effectiveness. This is a conservative administration. Of course, they're going to look to see where they can deregulate, where they can cut back on spending, uh, because that is a tenet of conservatism. And because a lot of these, uh a lot of these programs, a lot of these organizations that are funded by taxpayer dollars are given too much money and it ends up being wasteful. I'm not saying that's true about the CDC. I'm just saying in general. So even if they had gone through with these budget cuts to the CDC, which, you know, there are a lot of places that we can cut in our budget. I'm fine with continuing to fund the CDC exactly how we do right now. Uh, But even if they had, that doesn't necessarily mean that the CDC would have been less effective. So, But the headlines are are saying that President Trump and his administration proposed these budget cuts. He doesn't really care. He's not directing enough resources to it. And they're saying, "Oh, Mike Pence! Mike Pence is heading up this effort against this pandemic. We're all gonna die because Mike Pence is so incompetent." Well, Mike Pence is not incompetent, first of all, and he is a a a perfectly a perfectly appropriate person to be uh, heading this effort. He is not pretending, as far as I know, to be an expert on viruses, an expert on pandemics. He has uh, tapped a lot of people who are the foremost experts in the world on pandemics to lead this effort. And yet the left, because they are so upset still that Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton because they hate Donald Trump so much because they are so fully immersed in Trump derangement syndrome that they are spinning this into a fully politicized thing when it really shouldn't. But because they've spun it into a politicized thing, people on the right have to react and then it becomes political on both sides. And I do have to react and respond to some of their accusations, even though I don't want to make this a political thing because... You can't let them get away with a lie and have people believe that President Trump is somehow causing this pandemic or that Mike Pence is causing this pandemic or that they have exacerbated it. Or allowed it uh, to expand. I saw this uh, post the other day on Instagram. It was actually talking about how it's uh, how people not, need to not be racist towards Asian people during this coronavirus outbreak. Which okay, but the last line of the of the caption said, you know, if uh, we get sick or like, you know, if we get sick or get killed, it's going to be Donald Trump and his administration's fault. And people really believe that. The New York Times had an op ed that said we should call this. Trump virus. So a virus that started in China and was spread outside of China because of China is Trump's fault. Okay. Like if that, if that's your mentality, you might want to just check in, just check in with yourself, just check in and think, mm, did, my, did the logical part of my brain fall off sometime? Did I drop it somewhere behind me in the past three years. Okay. I might need to retrace my steps, go pick it up, put it back in, reactivate it and see if you can start thinking a little bit more rationally. Uh, that's what I recommend because this has nothing to do this, the spread of this pandemic, which is tragic, which is something at this point that I think that we can be concerned about in a, in a balanced way. Uh, has to do with communism. It has to do with China. As I've said many times, both on here and on Instagram, is that the thing far more dangerous and far historically deadlier than coronavirus is communism. Not to say that we shouldn't worry, like I said about coronavirus, but the reason why coronavirus is what it is now is because of communism. Uh, We have seen that in we've seen that in how China has handled this, refusing to allow health officials into the country to help, refusing to report actual numbers of uh, the infected and the dead refusing to offer support to their overrun, poorly run hospitals, quarantining people inside their homes rather than allowing them to get the care that they need. Uh, We're still not totally sure where the virus came from because they haven't been honest about that. We have no reason to believe that they will ever be honest because China, like all communist governments, uh, do not care, uh, does not care How many people get sick or live or die? They care about staying in power, which means saving face. As we know, power corrupts, And absolute power corrupts absolutely, which is why the bigger you make the government, even in the name of compassion, which it always initially is government expansion, uh, the bigger you make the government, the more people suffer. Big government is neither efficient nor effective, as China shows us. And yet the left somehow makes this about Donald Trump because the Trump admin has proposed Proposed in the past to make cuts to the CDC, proposed to decrease funding from the CDC, but they actually haven't. And let me go back because I meant to say this and then I forgot to explain this. So the reason why they are so upset with Mike Pence uh, being tapped to head up this commission to fight against the coronavirus Is uh, because as governor of Indiana, he oversaw, he was uh, in office when a terrible HIV epidemic broke out in rural Indiana. He didn't direct enough funds, they say, enough public funds to a needle exchange program that would have offered free, sterile needles to people who are using intravenous drugs. So that apparently uh, was Mike Pence's fault. So they blame Mike Pence for the fact that people who were sharing needles with each other to do drugs, uh, got HIV, and that HIV spread. That is their actual reason that that was Mike Pence's fault. That is their actual reason for saying that he is not qualified and is disqualified, unqualified from heading up this group that is trying to fight coronavirus. That is how they are spinning this. So that's another way they're making this political rather than pointing to China, which not only is the source of this pandemic, But it's also the reason that it has spread as far as it has and why so many people have died there and elsewhere. Now, this is not a slight against Chinese people certainly not a slight against Chinese people everywhere so pointing out that this is China's fault has nothing to do with racism and everything to do uh, with China the government of China being a bad actor on the world stage a dishonest actor on the world stage and it also points to the fundamental flaw of communism which again the bigger you grow the government the more people suffer even and especially in the name of compassion which like I said is always the reason initially that big government is pitched uh liberals are trying to claim that it is America's fault. It's actually not America's fault. It's Trump's fault that all of this is chaos and things are spreading that we're totally unprepared. This administration has no idea what they're doing, but there is no evidence that that's true. America is the most prepared country for this epidemic in the world because we have the best health care in the world. Uh, the system isn't perfect. I've talked about this. I spent 30 minutes on this podcast talking about some of the problems with their healthcare system. But the fact of the matter is, You cannot deny that we have the best, most innovative, most advanced medical care in the world. There is a reason why the entire world depends exclusively on America for medical innovation. The entire world depends exclusively on the United States for medical innovation. We have the best people in the world, in this country, in the fight against coronavirus. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to get it. Actually, the CDC predicted that most of the country uh, will be exposed to it at least it doesn't mean people aren't going to die unfortunately that's going to happen it's going to be at least it's going to be the last illness that some people get before they do die they might have other underlying conditions but it's pathetic it is pathetic that anyone would say any different, that uh, that we are unprepared. Uh, it is pathetic that anyone would push that narrative, that Trump is the cause of this, or Trump is exacerbating this. So Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, the liberal media, everyone who is running with this storyline, they are shameless. Uh, and because their false accusations require a defense, on the other side, the whole thing gets politicized. Uh, But it's important, like I said earlier, to respond to what they're saying. I'm going to get into a little bit more of this, but I want to tell you guys uh, about a new sponsor that I have, and it is called Abide. So if the first thing you do when you wake up is look at your phone, then try this. Instead of checking social media, open the Abide app and start your day in the spirit and peace of Christ. Can't fall asleep? Find rest as you listen to bedtime stories by Abide. Doze off peacefully as you meditate on God's word. So one thing that we've talked about on this podcast is the new age and the dangers of Eastern mystic meditation. The difference between meditation and Eastern mysticism and meditation, um, biblical meditation, is that when you meditate on the Word of God, you are filling your mind with things. Eastern mystic meditation empties your mind. Well, the Bible doesn't tell us to empty our mind. Uh, The Bible tells us to meditate on the Word of God, and Abide is an app that allows you to do that to the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, better sleep. Start your day with Abide's daily meditation based on biblical scripture. These audio meditations will center you and draw you closer to Christ. Of course, we know that the Holy Spirit does that, but he uses uh, the Bible, which is inspired by God, to do that. Uh, for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Abide's meditation started two minutes long. They're easy to fit into your schedule. Feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction, and recovery, finding forgiveness, and more. At the end of the day, find rest with Abide's bedtime stories based on the Bible. They're great for kids and adults alike. Join the millions of people using Abide, including including Grammy-winning award, Grammy-award winning singers, church leaders, and Christians like you. So get started now. 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash You'll get a Stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Uh, st- uh, support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash alley. That is A B I D E dot C O slash alley to download the Abide app. Get 25% off. I have not actually tried that app yet but I look forward to doing so. And if you guys do, uh, please let me know uh, what you think about the different songs and the different meditations and things like that. Let me know if it's helpful to you. Okay. Uh, Let's get into the rest of this coronavirus analysis, which unfortunately, in addition to being a physical pandemic has turned into a political uh, pandemic as well. It's a physical pandemic that has caused political pandemonium. And it's simply because the left never wastes a good tragedy. the left never waste a good crisis because remember, truth, this is something that I heard Dennis Prager say that I've thought about a lot. Truth is not a left wing value. Now, am I saying everyone on the left side of the political aisle is a liar? No, I don't think that at all. I don't think all Democrats are liars. They don't think that everyone on the left is a liar. Does that mean that everyone on the right is honest? No. I don't think that at all. Of course not. That is very far from the truth. There are plenty of conservative politicians who have lied. And as a Christian, we should be able to stand, uh, stand firm on the fact that we should all be telling the truth, no matter what side of the political aisle that we're on. But I'm talking about the ideology in general. The ideology of leftism uh, does not hold truth as a value. Their motto is not whatever is true. Uh, it's whatever works. So leftism's motto is not whatever is true, it's whatever works. So because leftists believe that they are fighting for the greater good of leftism, whatever lie gets them there is justified again by many people on the left, not all people on the left, particularly people on the far left, which whether you like it or not, they're becoming more mainstream. Uh, Now, Donald Trump Jr. said something about um, that Democrats are hoping millions of people will die. And Vice President Pence said that he's justified in saying that. That's something that I have been thinking and haven't said out loud because I didn't know how to phrase it because there are some caveats that I want to give to that. Do I think that there are a lot of Democrats that want people to die? No, I don't. Do I think that there are even a lot of people who are leftists that that want millions of people to die? No, I don't. But do I think that there is a probably growing number of radical leftists and radical Democrats who would be okay if millions of people died so that they could use this against Donald Trump in November for November? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. Again, because truth is not a leftist value and whatever requires or whatever is required for them to win uh, for them to accomplish what they believe is the greater good and they believe the greater good is absolute power for leftism and the complete drowning out of any conservative, any right wing, any moderate voice whatsoever. If that accomplishes, if millions of people dying is what is required for them to win in November, I do think that there is a group of radical leftists who would be perfectly fine with that? Who would be okay with that? Who would even rejoice over the fact, at least secretly, of millions of people dying so that they could gleefully get on Twitter and say, see, this is all Donald Trump's fault. We'll be able to now use the pandemic, the deaths of millions of people against him for Bernie Sanders or whoever the nominee is to win. Yes. And if that's not if that's not what a group of leftists believe, then they need to be clear about that because their glee right now, their dark glee right now, that people are dying, that there is a pandemic, that there are people infected with the coronavirus here in America, that they're able to leverage that to criticize Donald Trump. Uh, the, that is making it seem as if It's making it seem as if they're glad about that, that they're okay with that, because I mean, that's what it means to be deranged with Trump derangement syndrome is that even something like a pandemic can bring you some kind of deep and morbid satisfaction because the hatred of Donald Trump is at the forefront of your mind at all times. And I think that they probably believe that they have good intentions because they have been so indoctrinated, so brainwashed into thinking that they're fighting fascism, that they're fighting Nazism, and so they think, sure, we're fighting Nazism. Like I saw someone say that Republicans are a, uh, they're domestic terrorists and that they are uh, a, a domestic threat. And so, if you believe that, like if you really believe that in your mind, then sure, you think that you know, a million people dying of coronavirus and being able to leverage that against President Trump is no big deal. These people who are using this against President Trump are not shedding a tear for these two people that have died. They're not shedding a tear for anyone who has died. They're, they're not sad about this at all because they see this as a political opportunity. Now, does this happen on the other side of the aisle? Yes, it does. And I think it's shameful. I think it's shameful that we use tragedies, um, to not just use it to say, hey, this policy needs to happen because that's inevitable. OK, like the right does that, for example, when there are illegal immigrants who commit murders, the left does that when there are school shootings, people say use tragic situations to say, OK, we need to put certain policies in place in order to change this. Of course, I don't agree with the left's stance on the Second Amendment, but both sides do that. They use chaos and they use tragedy in order to say, hey, these are the policies that we are proposing. That is not the case right now with what's going on with this pandemic, because there are no policies that they're proposing. They're just leveraging this to make people angry, to make people scared, to make sure that people know that this is Donald Trump's fault and that you shouldn't vote for Donald Trump in November, which is sad because people are actually dying. Like this isn't a theoretical pandemic. People are actually dying. People are actually hurting. People are actually suffering. People are actually planning funerals right now because of this. And this is not about Donald Trump. And there's no evidence whatsoever that Donald Trump and his administration have mishandled this. So um, it's just it's gross. It's nasty. As Christians, we need to be able to take a step back. And first of all, we need to pray. Like we need to pray for this. We need to pray for God's mercy. We need to pray for his grace. We need to pray for his wisdom, for his protection. We need to pray uh, for opportunities to serve, opportunities to lead, opportunities to point people to Christ, to share the gospel. And I'm talking about, you know, myself here. I, I'm certainly not saying that I've I've done all of these things, but this is what we should be asking the Lord for. We should be uh, praying for truth for truth to win out. We shouldn't be a part of all of this outreach that's surrounding us. We shouldn't be part of this pandemonium. We know that God is still on his throne, that he is completely sovereign. We remember that God is not thrown off by anything. He's not surprised by anything. He's not like, oh gosh, that pandemic got more out of control than I thought. Now I've got to call in the cleaning crew. He does not see messes and come in and clean them up. Like he is suspended in the eternal now. So that means he is just a As present a thousand years ago as he is a thousand years from now as he is right now. So he is not deterred. He's not inhibited. He's not prohibited uh, by anything that is currently happening. He is still on his throne. He is still completely in control. There was a picture of the of Mike Pence and the people that he has uh, commissioned that he has tapped to help uh, in this effort against the coronavirus all praying. And there was a writer for New York Times magazine that said, oh, gosh, look, Mike Pence is praying. We're all going to die, obviously showing his disdain for Christians. If this were some kind of new age like goddess circle, I'm sure everyone on the left would be like, yes, this is so effective. Let's empower crystals to help us against the coronavirus. But because this is a Christian person uh, praying to the God of the universe. They're saying, well, this is just shameful. This is just wrong. This is embarrassing. This is completely ineffective. First of all, he's not praying and just sitting there. He is praying for wisdom as they move forward with the resources and with the wisdom that God has given them. Uh, I, I am so thankful. No matter what you think about the Trump administration, if you are a Christian, shouldn't you just be thankful for the fact that we actually have people in this administration who are not only praying but are proud of, proud of their prayers and are willing to publicly point to God, the God of the universe, the God that's in control of everything? Like again, whether you like Trump or not, we should just own the fact that we have been blessed by this administration. Does Trump have foibles? Does Trump say things that I don't like? Absolutely. But this administration, um, particularly Mike Pence and just his public faith has been a, a blessing to us. Like people's lives are are better than they used to be, not just because of this, but uh, because of uh, the economy, because of various policies that President Trump has put forth. Again, has there been conflict? Has there been some chaos? Have there been things that President Trump has said that I, I don't like? Yes, absolutely. But thank God, thank God for his grace on a a guilty nation, a nation just like any other nation who is guilty of sin, that he has put Christians uh, at the head of things like this at the head of our government, people who are willing to pray to him humbly asking him for wisdom. I'm so thankful for that. And we should all be. So we didn't have time to go into the religious liberty stuff with AOC. Um, I do want to be able to do that because she has such wide influence and her talking about religious liberty in a way that I just simply don't, agree with. I really I want to be able to discuss and give some kind of uh, response to. I know that I'm probably a little bit naive. I do think that AOC, as wrong as I believe she is on everything, I do think that she means well. I do. I, I think that she means well, but she just happens to be so wrong. She's the embodiment of that Ronald Reagan quote that's like, Uh, it's not that liberals don't know anything. It's that they know so much that isn't so. And that's that's what I feel about AOC. Um, Okay. anyway, I will talk about that next time or it might even have to be pushed to next week because we got to talk about Super Tuesday at some point. Anyway, have a great rest of your day and I will see you guys back here on Friday.